This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. This is a big one. The creature will no doubt be going after Carlos. I know there's a lot of you out there who are big Carlos fans. This could be it for him. Well, hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and I, episode 18. I am, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining me here today, and if you want to help support the show, please do hit like and subscribe. It really helps us out, and if you really want to help support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Our list of members is growing daily, and uh, it's a real party, so come and join us there if you want to help the show continue, and I know you do. Last time on the show, Edbert and Nicola Edwin and Sherilyn, who has returned, made their way underneath the flooded caves of the fort in order to find the final piece of the puzzle, which would lead them to the soul cage. And they did. It was in a place in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the ocean, called Dead Man's Reef. And we know the soul cage is somehow underwater at this Dead Man's Reef. That's what we know. We have the coordinates, and it's time to go. However, a couple things. Vale had been dispatched in order to kill Edbert, dispatched to Stormsworth. Now, she's not going to get there immediately, but if you recall, there was a member of the Order of the Purifying Flame who was tracking Edbert and who knew that he went to sea. It is very likely that because of his preternatural ability to track Edbert because of the haunting of Sherilyn, that this Order member is going to know that Edbert went inside those caves, which means that when Vale gets here, whatever that is, could be very soon, we don't know where the Inquisitor's Leap is, but when she gets here, that Order member could show her that he went in those caves. And it is possible that Vale herself steals in, probably kills those two guards that Edbert snuck by because she is an assassin, and discovers the map herself, which would give the Order and also Octavius on board the Inquisitor's Leap the coordinates to the Soul Cage, which would be, well, very bad. We're going to have to determine if that's the case. The other thing is that we know that there is a danger in the jungle that the guards were patrolling against. We don't know anything about that, but Edbert's going to have to possibly deal with that danger before he gets across the island to the other side. And, of course, Sherilyn is knowing that she is so close to her order right now. She's going to be doing everything she can to try and prevent Edbert from escaping. That could be a lot of things. That's definitely going to increase the psychic assault on Edbert because it could also mean manifesting. It could mean, you know, uh, doing all kinds of things. We shall see. He is going to have to try and suppress her again. That's going to get harder to do. And, of course, there was also the random event at the end of last episode, which told us that the Guardian had grown to full size, probably because he was feasting on blood. But whose blood? We don't know. We're going to have to find out when they get back to the ship. So that is also going to be uh, something of interest. But before we get into any of that, let's deal with a few things. One experience points. I gave him 12 XP from last time, of which he had three left over, so that's a total of 15. So I'm going to increase his dodge to four, his feint to seven, and then I'm going to give his longsword strike specialty an additional plus one. So he's going to be striking quite high now. 
Um, and I'm also going to give a special timing bonus with the longsword of plus two. So he's going to be uh, faster and he's going to strike a little bit better. That leaves him two points for luck if he needs it. We go to our lists now. There was no new characters added. The character of the member of the order that is tracking Edward in Stormsworth. He's just kind of part of the order uh, uh, list. But the threads, there's no new threads, but there was a thread of Nicola wanting to betray Uraz Vath because he doesn't trust him. I think now that we've seen that Nicola and Edward have in fact become fast friends, Nicola last time had the choice to, or the chance rather, to uh, betray Edward, but no, it was an extreme no, which means that from now on they are bound in the bonds of brotherly comradeship and things of this nature. So I think that instead of that thread being Nicola's going to try and find a way to betray Orzvath. I think instead it's going to be Nicola wants to convince Edbert to abandon Orzvath because he does not trust this wizard and he doesn't want Edbert to get uh, to suffer any more because of it. So that's that. Our chaos factor goes back down to seven and the scene begins as the boat has been stashed on the shore and our team makes its way through the jungle trying to avoid the danger. Now before we get into this we have to deal with Sherilyn, who is screaming, screaming a psychic assault at Edward every step of the way. Ah, stop it! Get out of my mind! Stop it! He's going to have to do a withstand magic to try and suppress this, but it's going to be harder. Every time he makes a roll until the situation changes in somehow in his favor, it's going to get harder and harder and harder. So he's a withstand magic is at seven, but now it's going to temporarily be six. He's going to suffer that penalty. He needs to roll six or less. If he doesn't, he's going to succumb to Sherilyn's attack. What does that mean? What does that look like? We will find out, possibly. Six or less, Edbert puts his whole force of will into this resistance to silence the mad screaming voice of the ghost in his head, and he is able to do it. Now that's not a great roll. In this game you want to roll under but high. So he just barely is able to do it. And I think he says to Wyndham and uh, uh, Nicola, I don't know how much longer I can keep her at bay. I'm getting weaker and she is growing stronger. I'm gonna have to find some other solution to keep her down. Ah, but well, we'll do our best. We might have to call upon Orozvath. He might be able to do something with his magic. I don't think that's a good idea, Edbert. You've already got too many voices in your head as it is. We don't want to encourage that mad wizard to be going any further into your mind. I might have no choice, Captain. Sherilyn is driving me mad. I'm going to have to do something. Well, let's burn that bridge when we come to it then. But first, let's get out of here. So they begin to make their way through the jungle. Here's the question now. As they get across the island, are they going to run into some sign of the danger on the island? Whatever that is. You know what? Let's ask our chart. What are the odds that they come across some sign of this danger? So it is now dawn. It's the morning. So I suspect it's going to be less likely. I have a feeling that this thing or things, whatever it is that's in the jungle that uh, poses a danger, is probably nocturnal. That's the reason why the guards were patrolling at night. So therefore, I'm going to say it is very unlikely that they come across some, either the, the, the thing itself, the danger itself, or some aspect of it. And the answer, of course, is a no, because we had a 50% chance. That is very good. So now the question becomes, can they get across the island without mishap? in a decent amount of time. Remember, the Inquisitor's Leap is right now 
gunning for Stormsworth. It's going as fast as it can to, to try and get here to catch Edbert. So the longer they have to spend in this jungle, the worse it's going to be. So here's what we're going to do. There's no sign of the danger, which is very good. But I'm going to do a survival roll for Edbert. I'm going to give him a plus one to this because he's already tra transversed the island once. Tra traversed, rather, the island once. So his survival roll is five. If he succeeds then they get to the other side without complication. If he fails, it's going to either take them some time or there's going to be some random complication that they deal with. Here we go. The survival roll on five. Oh, unfortunately, that is a fail. It's not a big failure, but it is a failure, which means that they are going to be held up by something. Let's just uh, randomly determine what that something is by going to our chart and interpret the meaning. Debase. <laughs> Debase. 27. Debase a project. The project is... The project is trying to get across the island. I wonder if the project has something to do with the boat as well. Is there something going on? Debase a... Pro oh, yeah, you know what? I think this ties in with the whole Guardian thing. So they get uh, through the island, no problem. But when they get... Oh, yeah, okay, this is good. So when they get to the other side, and it takes them the better part of, like, you know, four or five hours. So I think it's around high noon or so when they, when they do arrive. But they see a couple things. Their boat... Pretty sure their boat is still there. But I wonder if there's other boats from the Drunken Ghoul there. I wonder if... Yeah, I, here's a question. Is the bulk of the crew of the Drunken Ghoul currently on the beach for some reason? I, I think this is extremely likely uh, because of what I have in mind here. Let's find out. It's a near sure thing. Uh, the answer is yes. So when they get to the beach, they see that the majority of the Drunken Ghoul crew is on the beach. And... You know, they, they kind of stumble through the, the the jungle and they see all of these men on the beach. And I think the men are looking back towards the boat with a look of kind of fear on their face. Captain Nicholas strides up to, you know, the, the, the bosun or something. What in the name of all the gods are you men doing here on the beach? We've got to set sail for the shell cage, right bloody now! And the bosun, I think, says to him, you know, with eyes wide with fear, kind of, you know, points back to the ship and says, Well, I'm right sorry about this, Captain, but you need to know, there's some sort of demon on board the boat. A demon on board? What the hell is that supposed to mean? And I think Edbert sort of puts two and two together. Uh, Captain, there's uh, something I suppose I should tell you. On Dangmarsh Island, when I was uh, in the company of those lizard folk, they gave me a gift. This thing was called a guardian, and it was given to me, I suppose, to protect me in the future. They told me that this thing was going to grow to full size, to become like a sort of bodyguard of sorts, but, uh, well, it had to feed on blood. My blood, at least it was in the beginning. As it turns out now, I think it might be the demon your men are talking about. The, the men turn and they look at him like, You? You brought this onto us? And they, there's a low murmur that begun, begins among the men as they start to kind of like, you know, I think even some of them begin to finger their blades and stuff. Like, you know, he can start to hear a lot of the grumblings about he brought some sort of horrible de demon on board and blah 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 and I think that uh, he's got to calm down the crew right now but before he does uh, Nicola says you brought some sort of monster on board my ship and didn't tell me I didn't think it was that big of a deal frankly I, I had no idea that this thing was going to grow as fast as it did believe me if I had thought that it was going to be any kind of threat I would have dealt with it myself but uh, well one thing led to another and here we are well, 
Thank goodness, Nicola and Edward have become fast friends and loyal to each other, because this could have this could be much different. I think Edward addresses the crew, addresses the men. Now, listen to me, Arius. The thing on board is no demon. It's a creature from the lizard men on Dangmarsh Island. Now tell me exactly what it was doing. So here's the thing. My question is, did the creature, did the guardian, full grown guardian, did it attack some of the men? I don't actually think it attacked the men. I think it went after Carlos and Greta because Carlos had presented himself as a threat, a direct threat to Edward. If you recall, in the, the cabin fight several episode, episodes ago, the Guardian was there helping or trying to help Edward fight off Carlos. So I think the Guardian has some idea of who's a threat to Edward and who is not. So my question is, did the Guardian attack Crewman of the Drunken Ghoul? I think it's very unlikely. Unfortunately, that's 50% chance of yes. Ooh, unfortunately it did. Well, it's not an extreme yes, so I don't think it went on a big rampage and slaughtered a bunch of men, but I do think it seriously injured at least a couple of them on its way out of Edbert's cabin to go to the brig to go after Carlos. Ooh, Carlos might not be in good shape or great for that matter. It's not an extreme yes, so it didn't kill the men, but it wounded them badly. Are the men here? I think yes, I think these, these crewmen would have grabbed the men. So Edbert goes over to the men that are wounded after the crew tells him exactly what's gone on here. They're still pretty, they're still pretty pissed at him for this. And he sees that, sure enough, the, the men have, like, big claw wounds on their face. There's only, like, two men. And they explain to him that they just happened to be in the cargo hold of the ship on the same level the brig is when this thing burst out of nowhere and basically was barreling past them. So it wasn't trying to kill them, but this was enough to spook the, the hell out of the crew. So I think that they immediately just ran. You know, a lot of crew uh, on these pirate ships tend to be very superstitious, and I think they saw some sort of horrible demon thing, and they just got out of here as fast as they can. So here's the thing. Edward's going to have to try and convince these people that, in fact, well, his story is true. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do it with a persuade role. His persuade is not great. But I think, again, because Captain Nicola is his buddy, Captain Nicholas steps in and also says to the men, Whatever damage was done to us and our crew by this creature, it was not done on purpose. Edbert here is a valuable member of his crew. You've all seen that. He wouldn't do anything to put you in jeopardy. So... Let's just keep a level head here and figure out how to best approach this together. That's right, man. Listen, I wouldn't do anything at all to hurt any of you. I did not intend this. Now, if you help me out, we can bring the creature back under heel and ensure that we get back on the boat and this never happens again. But I need you all to keep a level head right now. You understand? So... Persuade, gonna give him the plus two because of the captain's help. So his persuade is actually at seven. Does he do it? He does. Again, not great. I think a lot of the men are grumbling. I think he sees a lot of them sort of talking behind their hands to each other, maybe plotting revenge for their wounded comrades. Who knows? But he does successfully convince them. And so with that, they gather their stuff. Sherilyn is still screaming at him. Just, just take that as a given that every now and then Sherilyn is just... Like, all the time, and Edbert is constantly wincing, wincing, but he did manage to suppress her for the moment. So they get back in their boats, and they make their way back to the drunken ghoul. Okay, well now, they know where the creature is, probably. It's in the brig. So, Edbert and Captain Nicola, along with Sherilyn, who's ever-present, of course, 
make their way through the hold very carefully, picking their way to the area at the ship's end where the makeshift brig is, where both Carlos and Greta are being kept in sort of separate cell areas, basically. And as they make their way through, I think that Edward starts to hear a sound. And the sound is... A mad, terrified screaming, oh! blood-curdling screams coming from beyond the door. The door, which is probably just kind of like swinging ajar a little bit, or even... Oh, I wonder if the door's been ripped off its hinges. That's a good question. <laughs> Maybe the door isn't even there. Is the door ripped off its hinges? Uh, 77 is a no, and we have a random event because our chaos factor is 7. So this, the door is not ripped off its hinges. However, we have a random event. What's the event focus? 22, NPC action. Okay. Who is the NPC? Oh, Slista. Huh. Interesting. What is the nature of NPC action? So, what action does Slista take that interferes with this or uh, informs this random event? 85. Negligence. What did Slista forget to do? 39. Negligence of news. Lestar did not tell Edbert something vital about the, <laughs> about the raising of the Guardian. And I think what Lestar neglected to tell Edbert, and not necessarily because, not out of malice, but because Lestar, I remember the Guardians hadn't been among the lizard folk in, in generations, so they didn't really know all the details. But I think that perhaps because of the meddling of Devona, remember her? that the Guardians now, in order to... Yeah, yeah, okay. So in order to achieve full height and girth and, and, and growth, they have to consume a lot of blood. And as they get bigger, their blood consumption increases, as kind of makes sense. So I also know, because of the, the roll so far, that the Guardian wouldn't have intentionally gone after the crew, but it would have gone after people that... It would have gone after people that Edward considered threats. Carlos is number one on that. As they make their way through, negligence of the news, uh-oh. Captain Nicholas says to Edward, Are you certain that that lizard man lead a shaman or whatever he was? Told you everything you need to know about it to raise this creature. Edward just kind of looks at him like, <laughs> And they make their way. The door's not ripped off. The, the hinges, but it is ajar. Edbert comes in, they hear the sound of screaming, and Edbert kicks open the door, and inside, what do they see? This is a big one. The creature will no doubt be going after Carlos to consume all of his blood to reach maximum size. That just makes sense. So here we go, guys. I know there's a lot of you out there who are big Carlos fans. This could be it for him. My question is, did the Guardian, in its effort to grow and to protect its master, Edbert, has the Guardian basically exsanguinated Carlos, ripped him apart? I gotta call this likely. I'm so sorry, I gotta call this likely, which gives it a 90% chance of a yes. Did it do it? Oh my god! <laughs> You Carlos fans out there, this is your lucky day. The answer is a no with a roll of a nine. <laughs> 91. Okay, all right. Which means it's Greta. Sure is Greta. So as they kick the door open, 
The screaming is coming from Carlos as he is tucked away in the corner, trying to claw his way back into the corner as best he can. He's he's pressed up against the wall, his eyes wide with absolute terror as he ah, he screams at the sight. Shoris Greta is being ripped apart limb by bloody limb by the fully grown guardian as it tears his limbs from their sockets and begins to just lap up the blood. Carlos, no doubt there's a puddle of urine at his feet at this. Get me out of here! And I think he runs as fast as he can, barreling through the door, barreling into Edbert and uh, Captain Nicola, trying to get as far as he can. No doubt he tumbles and falls and cracks his head in a barrel, trying desperately to scramble up. Captain Nicola goes over to, to subdue him, but Captain Nicola is still looking over his shoulder at this, this sight, the whole place covered in gore and blood. And Edbert says, that's enough! Stop! Just, just, stop! That is enough! And the creature kind of looks at him and bows its head in supplication and just takes one last lizardly slurp as its forked tongue laps up the bits of remaining blood on its snout. And then it moves towards him, sort of lopes towards him, gets down on its haunches in front of him and sort of like looks up at him with these cold reptilian eyes as though waiting commands. Okay, well, the Guardian has been sated, has grown, has pissed off the crew, there's no question, but... The crew has is, is been uh, pacified for the moment. Carlos is still alive. Greta is dead. I think it's time to end that scene. Oh, boy. Well, characters. Captain Greta is dead. <laughs> Any new characters? No. Threads. Well, raise the young guardian has been done. The guardian is now fully grown and will no doubt be acting as Edbert's bodyguard, so that is something. That thread is closed. Chaos Factor. Well, even though Greta was killed, Greta was not a hugely important NPC. Carlos definitely was. So because of that, I'm going to knock the Chaos Factor back down to six. The new scene begins as Edbert very cautiously comes up on deck with this monster behind him in tow. And the men draw back in fear. But he does his best to try and calm them down and explain to them that this thing is his servant that this thing obeys his commands and I think some of the men remember he only rolled a one on that persuade check so a lot of the men are very skeptical but I think he he basically orders the creature to do you know not tricks exactly but he orders it to go there and and pick this thing up and knock that barrel over with your your tail or whatever the case and I think it does because this thing is inherently sworn and loyal to Edbert so the men are pacified a little bit but they're definitely keeping their distance and I easily think half the crew are looking at Edward now with this new skepticism like like you know we we never signed up for this so that could play you know what let's let's add that as a thread actually half the crew are deeply suspicious of Edward now now once that is sort of dealt with and people kind of regain their composure and realize they have to get back to work this has taken some time. This has delayed us a little bit, which is going to work in the favor of the Inquisitor's Leap because the delay of getting all the men back to the boat and dealing with this thing has given precious hours to the Inquisitor's Leap to get to Stormsworth. And it is possible that even now, Vale is arriving in port. Because remember, this is like, you know, this is about 12 hours, maybe 15 hours after the, the Order has realized that... Sherilyn is returned. So in 12 to 15 hours, it's possible that the Inquisitor's Leap has reached Armsworth. Let's find out, I think. Now on Chaos Factor 6 on the new scene, I think it is somewhat likely 
that the Inquisitor's Leap has reached Stormsworth just as the crew of the Drunken Ghoul are getting are making ready to set sail for the Dead Man's Reef. And the answer is yes. It is not an extreme yes, but it is a yes, which means that in the harbor, rowing out, Vale has disguised herself and makes her way into the harbor. Of course, the Inquisitor's Leap itself wouldn't go into the harbor because they would be fired upon, but Vale makes her way in a little fishing boat, gets to the harbor, speaks to this other Order member who informs her of what has transpired, and sure enough, she wastes no time. My question is, right now, does Vale get in those caves following the information that this other order member has has given her as she arrives she you know he, he basically says i saw him go there I, I felt him go this way I, he must have gone in a boat and i felt him go into those caves there does she get in those caves and manage to find the same map that edbert did she's very good at infiltration i'm gonna say it is likely that she does this is an 85 percent chance of a yes Let's pray for Edbert's sake that it is not an extreme yes, which incidentally would be uh, 16 or less here. We go, and it is, <gasps> okay. Well, it is a yes, it's not an extreme yes, but very close to that. So, the bodies of the two guards at the docks underneath the fort slump dead from crossbow bolts in their neck as Vale makes her way in another boat through the caves she did not get an extreme yes so she will find the map but it won't be immediate it'll take her some time to do it which helps edbert and company get a little bit of a head start onto the dead man's reef but make no mistake Vale eventually comes to that room finds the secret door opens it sees the map dives under the water and sees the lined up symbols that lead to the flipped symbol in the floor that shows the location of Dead Man's Reef, and she will waste no time in getting back to the Inquisitor's Leap and informing Octavius that this now is the place where Edward must be going. Dead Man's Reef, the final resting place of the Soul Cage. And we know that the Inquisitor's Leap, its sails filling with wind, turns its bearing and begins to go as fast as she possibly can to the coordinates that mark the resting place of the soul cage. But she is a galleon. She is not as fast as the drunken ghoul. The drunken ghoul is also having its sails filled with wind. Over the course of the next four days, the drunken ghoul races towards those coordinates. The entire crew is hyper-focused now on their objective. Captain Nicola is inspiring them to work harder, to ply their trades as best as they can because he tells them that if they get possession of the soul cage they will be made the most powerful pirate crew in these islands because they will be able to control the ghost ship the crimson viper now the crimson viper has not yet appeared in this series we know it's out there but it has not yet appeared here's a question over the course of the four days does the Drunken Ghoul come across evidence of the Crimson Viper? Because it's possible that the Crimson Viper is also making its way towards the Dead, Man Dead Man's Reef. We don't know. Anything is possible. So here's the thing. I'm going to call it 50-50. Here we go. Chaos Factor 6. 88. It's a no. It's doubles, but it's over our factor. So there's no random events. They do not come across any evidence of the Crimson Viper. It's not an extreme no, but it is a no. But as they get closer... Sherilyn, again, is trying 
everything in her power to try and subdue Edbert. And I think at one point when he goes to sleep the first night, she begins to use her sort of poltergeist-like powers to basically cause the various barrel lids, the porthole covers, uh, everything, anything she can to make a clamoring noise to keep him awake. Every time he tries to fall asleep, she screams psychically at him and he's forced awake and he's 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 forced to, to the, bury his head under the pillow desperately trying to will her away can he do it this is again a withstand magic but it's going to be even harder now it was six before now it is five as they get closer to the soul cage as he as his will is gradually broken down bit by bit by the haunting of Sherilyn's spirit bane his withstand magic against her is going to get lower and lower and lower. Here we go. Is he able to suppress her again? Fives or less on this dice. This time, she breaks through. And that night, his dreams are plagued, plagued with nightmares. And of course, it is the replaying over and over and over again of the moment of Sherilyn's death high up on that snowy, icy slope when she had hired Edbert in a tavern to help her as a mercenary to go after this dread necromancer when he had done his best to try and get to her but his calling out to her caused a, an avalanche which caused her to careen to her death and that is the death that keeps replaying over and over and over in his mind and of course the great dark circles once again appear under Edbert's eyes as the next morning he stumbles out on deck as the sun is just cresting the eastern horizon having had no sleep at all, and he begins to laugh slowly to himself once again. <laughs> well, I guess here we are again, Sherilyn. Just like old times. But you are not going to win this time. You can scream, and you can, you can attack me in my mind as much as you want, but I will find the soul cage. And I will put you to rest, one way or another. I will not be enslaved to you anymore. I've had enough, and you may prevent me from sleeping, but your days of haunting me are numbered. Yeah, they are numbered. <laughs> Some of the crew on watch see this, and I think those crew that are already suspicious of him even deepen their suspicions of him. Because not only is he sitting on the side of the deck laughing maniacally to himself, talking to no one, but the great beast of his guardian is never, never very far away. The crew is getting even more concerned about this madman on board now controlling a demon that has wounded their crew. I think it is very likely before we get to the Dead Man's Reef, that some member of the crew decides that perhaps it's time to do something about this madman and his demon. Clearly a danger to this ship. And I think in the night, on the second night, in the hold, a group of men sit hunkered over a lantern, talking very quietly amongst themselves about how this cannot stand, about how Captain Nicola has been ensorcelled by this man, Edbert. And not just 
The fact that he's mad and he's talking to himself and giggling maniacally. And not just that he has this horrible demon, but also they know that he is in league with some foul sorcerer. And I think one of the men points out that if it wasn't for Edbert, they wouldn't have come under attack by that flying monstrosity that blipped in and out of existence. That if it wasn't for Edbert, they now would not be chased by this order of the purifying flame. In fact, I think some of these men, who we may be calling mutineers, I think some of these men are deciding even now that for their own good, it's time to take the ship for themselves. Now, on the other hand, Captain Nicola is beloved by his crew. He has convinced them that if they get the Soul Cage, if they just bear this out, they will become the most powerful pirates in the island. So it's going to be harder to convince, harder for these mutineers to convince themselves and the others to rise up against Edbert and the captain. Therefore, I am going to say that the odds of them successfully convincing the rest of the crew to mutiny against Captain Nicola and Edbert is going to be somewhat likely. Now, in Chaos Factor 6, that is an 80% chance. It is the second night out. They are in the middle of the ocean. Perhaps there's some islands around nearby. Does the crew mutiny? 80% chance. <gasps> that, my friends, is an extreme Yes, not only does that group of conspirators down in the hold convince themselves that Edbert and Nicola have to go, they begin to whisper to the other crew members over the, over the third day, and they begin to suggest this, these ideas that Nicola is not the man that he used to be, that he himself must be in, the, in sorcery, that he must be in the grasp with the grip of this man, Edbert, who is himself in league with sorcerers and demons, clearly. And that if they're going to get to the soul cage, they have to do it themselves. But Edbert and Nicola all have to go. It's a really tough call, but that is an extreme yes. They steal themselves to do it. And on the night, on the third night out of Stormsworth, on the way to the dead man's reef, shadowy figures begin to move through the corridors of the ship, moving through the cargo bays, moving towards the quarters area where Edbert lies, trying to sleep but failing because of the screaming of Sherilyn. This could ironically work out in Edbert's favor because if he was asleep, he might be taken unawares. He's not asleep. And not only is he not asleep, the guardian is with him in his chambers. I think the men know that on an extreme yes. And so they go after Captain Nicola first. Here's my question. Are these conspirators able to subdue Captain Nicola before they make a play for Edbert? Captain Nicola is no slouch. He's no dummy. He can read his men and he knows that a lot of them have been looking askance at Edbert over the past few days. He's seen the men whisper to each other behind their hands. He knows that something is up, but is it enough? Is it enough for him to be on his guard when the mutineers come for him on the third night? My question is, are they able to subdue Captain Nicola? Unlikely on Chaos Factor 6. 50% chance, are they able to subdue Captain Nicola? <gasps> the answer is yes. There is a knock at Nicola's door. He wakes, for he is asleep. 
Oh, is it? The voice of the new navigator muffled to the door. Captain, there's something out here I think you should see. You should get up and join us. Nicola gets up, puts his boots on, grabs his saber, goes to the door and opens the door. And there in front of him on deck, the stars of the night sky shining down behind them is a group of his crew all standing in semicircle around the door, blades gleaming. The navigator stands in front of him and says, I'm sorry, sir, but we cannot abide you dealing with these sorcerous creatures anymore. Behind them, Nicholas sees that Wyndham is there, but Wyndham is tied up and gagged, still struggling. And right away, right away, Captain Nicola knows what's going on, but before he can say or do anything, pushing his way out of the crowd, emerging in front of a blade naked in his hand, is Carlos. And Carlos, who has been brought aboard by these mutineers, because of course he is, says to Captain Nicola, it seems that your crew has decided it is time for a change of leadership. Luckily for them, and not so luckily for you, I stand ready to serve. And that is where we're going to end this episode. The mutineers are on the verge of taking the drunken ghoul, Edbert, awake, but unknow unknowing of what's going on below. Oh boy, this is really bad. This is quite a wrench in the works when we are so close. So close to getting the soul cage. But now the Inquisitor's Leap is going to have a big head start. And what if they get there first? All of this could go completely foobar. Everything that Edward is working for, everything hangs in the balance right now. What will happen? Will he be able to discover this is happening and try and save Nickel and somehow deal with this mutinous crew before it is too late? You'll have to tune in next time to find out. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you do want to help the show, please do hit like and subscribe. And if you want to help us on Patreon, that would be a huge uh, help as well. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time on the next episode of Me, Myself, and I.